live Welcome out of Uncle Tony's Closet. Uncle Tony's Closet. And today is the Adderall cast, 421 National Adderall Day. 420 is for weed, 419 is lesser known for <laughs> LSD. And 421 day. is the most important day. We created a new one, it's Adderall birthday. Day. It is my birthday. Too. So we're making it Adderall Day. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to do them, you do them all online. You go 419, 420, and 421 if you know what Actually, the entire week from... Fun um, fact, tomorrow is my mom's birthday, too. So what so. does she like to do aggressively? What's her... She'll probably drink a lot. So that's National Drinking Day. Okay, so tomorrow we're going to drink... Spender Week. Mom, don't watch In order podcast. to honor, you know, his mother. Spender Week. I like that. You like that name? Bender Week? No, it's International Bender Week. We're starting a new... It's The whole thing is a holiday. 419 through 421, National Bender Week. That's three days. It's that's Rookie numbers. We gotta get those up. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying from, like a whole week. from whenever 419 is until the next week after that. Okay. Seven days. Seven days of hell. Seven days of drugs. And it comes right after Easter. So... You know, you, you prepare for the, the binge by uh, cleansing yourself, you know, making yourself known before God in the holy light, and then you get absolutely fucked up the next uh, seven days. Um, so tonight's, today, whatever time it is, podcast is a little different. We don't have a set topic this week, so kind of going to let it roll. We're going to talk a little bit about us, you know, whatever we're thinking This is the grab about. bag. This is, yeah, we're, we're calling it on the fly, right? Uh, so we'll let Uncle Herbie start it off. Oh, in Tony's closet. the phone, man. I'm talking to Skyler about something tonight. This is important. Okay, what we wanted to start Don't off with... Don't mind fucking Operation Dingbat in the back. What we wanted to start off with was... Um, recently, I had an LSD experience um, on Bicycle Day, and it was fucking rad. It was sweet. Um... I felt like I experienced some awareness of the world, some things that, you know... What do you mean by awareness? Uh, what it felt like to me was, like, all of a sudden, everything was just a little bit clearer. So, like, you know, things in your subconscious that you might not know about normally will come up to the front of your mind, and they'll be active, and you're aware of that, aware of things that you want subconsciously. And I thought that was really interesting. All right. So you, that that's kind of how you feel about that. Now, continuing, continuing, um, go ahead and continue, sorry. Yeah, so what, what I was feeling like was that um, LSD and psychedelics in general are a great tool to get rid of anxiety. Because when you're in that state, you might still experience the same anxiety, but it'll be different in your brain because it, it's not at the forefront of your mind. You know, it's not controlling your life. So you felt like psychedelics were helping with anxiety problems? Absolutely. I mean, is that, do we have medical research on that yet? Is that a thing? Well, actually, in Oregon, they have legalized a lot. Like, like everything. Well, they legalized like, <laughs> everything, but I think they're starting to do like the research. Like, medical mushrooms because it has been helping a lot of people. Psilocybin. With their, yeah, yeah and psilocybin. MDMA for uh, really? PTSD. Okay. And ecstasy. Psilocybin mushrooms have already been used in um, trials for depression. Also, ketamine is a great one. 
I actually have done that before. I can experienced ketamine therapy. Mm-mm. So what what was your experience on that like? Um, for me personally, it was just like when I did it, it was. I mean, it felt like you were having like an out of body experience. Sometimes it just didn't feel like you were there. It kind of felt like you were just floating around in the air, just doing whatever. But whenever you try to walk and get up after it, it's just like. You can see it's like everything's almost it's like you have the spins almost it's just everything around you is spinning it's like but you you're walking <clears> straight <throat> but it's it's just weird it's a weird feeling that there's like a disconnect between your body and your mind okay. so what what did you feel like in your brain does that make it easier to like well for me like it was almost like a bad trip almost but like not really because when I was I was doing it I was watching like a family guy episode and I had to replay like the like same thing over and over and over again because I just couldn't comprehend it and it was just like kind of looping in my head and I was like wait a minute did I already watch this did I not already watch this so I replayed it again and then I watched it for like So I watched it for like four or five more seconds and I'm like, hold up, did I just watch that? Fucking up the sound levels. And He's then, always fucking up the sound levels and we're fucking up your story. It's all right. But either way, you guys get the point. I just kept replaying the same thing because I'm like, I didn't know if I like watched it or yeah, not. It was just, I kept, I kept getting confused. Drink it was weird. Behind you. What? I need my drink. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've had experiences like I that. But I actually did. So the reason oh, why yeah. I say that psychedelics so you up in the hospital, mm-hmm. he ended up in the hospital. No, it's, you do the whole thing in the hospital. It was like no, but it, yeah, what it was like mean? it was for a registered. Thing. It's it a like clinical doctor, trial. Yeah, oh, you did it for a trial. No, it wasn't a trial. It was because like I was in a bad state. Well, of it's mind. like a yeah, it's a prescribed therapeutic experience. So they use ketamine in the hospitals. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's an antidepressant. So what did you get? Uh, is that what you got it prescribed for? Or is that how they do it? It was yeah. through a mask. It was, it was it for depression, anxiety. So it's a gas drug. It can be another thing. Gas form. Another yes. thing that they do. It's um no, it's not laughing gas. That's something else. It's like it looked like it because he had the mask on. Right, but um the thing they do is if you've tried a certain number of antidepressants and they don't work on you, then you're eligible for like ketamine or mushrooms or whatever it is that you. It's kind of like let's see if, for you. if some, since other stuff's not working, let's see if these. Yeah. It's pretty much more or less we haven't studied as much let's see if these are actually speaking, i think it. it has helped me like my parents said like they noticed a lot of like <clears throat> mood swings or what like, about not you? mood swings but like me personally i think it has like it just made me a lot like happier like so knowing, you like, you felt better doing that so there's life like, changes even now i felt now. like there was more of a purpose to now, like, what i was now did it change the way like, you think it didn't change the way i thought about life but it definitely changed the way I was like perceiving it as in like were you and I was like man wh- what am I gonna do like I didn't know this was before I went to college I was yeah. like I don't know if I'm gonna go to college or not like I didn't know if like if I'm just gonna be a dropout and I was just like I was so lost I had no idea what to do That's did why you I took LSD for the first time did you take oh. any anti so so to be eligible for that you you must have taken antidepressants before and they they yeah, they work. prescribed a bunch of Zoloft, Prozac. Zoloft. They prescribed Zoloft. So none of that worked for you. They Xanax. Me, yeah, they prescribed Xanax? me Xanax before. Yeah, wow. They gave me prescription. And it Honestly, really I don't do think. Much. Yeah, I don't think Xanax really helps. No. I don't think Xanax should be a prescribed drug. But it I, is. I, I, it's I don't think oh, it's. Maybe a recreational drug. Ever like I. Took, I don't even know if it should be recreational. When I did it for the fun of it, when I did it for the fun of it, I literally took, I think three blue bars, which are like three milligrams each. 
And I thought I fell asleep the whole time, but apparently I was just driving around. Just blacked out. I was literally blacked out and you driving. You have no around. memory of this. I have no memory of this. I picked up my friend. We drove back to my house and we just smoked up, watched everything, and I just drove him back. But he told me I ran over some guy's mailbox. <laughs> so I had an experience. Okay, that's like probably that. the least, <laughs> the I least something like that. Thing you but could it do. wasn't with Xanax. So my Xanax experience, I. Completely just fell asleep, so I don't. No, but really... so many people I know, yeah, yeah. you just fall asleep. And I, you know, I woke up and I said this shit did do nothing, and then someone said to me, "No, it did. It put your ass to sleep." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what it does. I had an experience similar oh, to that. Dude. He's fucking up our sound levels. I had an experience similar to that with oh, alcohol, um, but I wasn't driving, so I drank a whole bottle of Casamigos one night, and. I didn't. I blacked out, but it wasn't a bad blackout. Wait, with Xanax? No, 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 no. There was no Xanax oh, involved. Get yeah. your story straight. So let me clear the air. There was no pills <laughs> involved. Um, but what ended up happening was, I mean, I blacked out off the bottle of tequila, and he's covering Sorry, me up this here. Sorry, rough. We gotta plug in. This is just. It's a home. It's a homemade podcast. This is the beauty this is of rough. it. This is but, the beauty of it. But all right. so. Oh, no. Oh, no, we're back. We're good. Uh, I was about to say. So, anyways, I, I blacked out, but I was fine, and I carried on about my normal life. Now, I wasn't driving, um, but... Smart. Obviously. You know, we don't condone uh, underage drinking, drinking and driving. We don't condone any illegal activities here. So, I the actually... The problem is, I had no idea <laughs> that I was driving. That's, well, see, that's, that's the scary cra- thing about That's what's crazy. That's I literally crazy. thought I was asleep in my bed the yeah, whole time. Yeah, you wake up the next day so you and thought you were dreaming. I thought I was, no, I didn't even think I was dreaming about You just that. didn't even I know I had no happened. idea. I thought I was asleep the it's whole time. So it was the same hole, as literally blacking out. I literally no just memory. thought I was blacked out and I just woke up the next day in my bed thinking I just did like Zans I wonder, and I just so, fell asleep. You know a lot of car accidents will say, you know, drugs played a role? Yeah. I wonder if a lot of times those drugs are Zans. I have two friends. they don't. Two they don't friends realize that I know. If that's the case, then they don't realize they're doing exactly, it. Exactly, no. I You're have not two friends that I know that totaled both of their cars off of It says don't operate vehicles or heavy machinery, mm-hmm. but how can they actually prevent that? It's not like they take your keys and say, hey... You're taking this pill right now. It's up to We're you. Locking. It, it becomes a personal choice of whether you care about the so safety of other is, people. So my question is, why do we do that? That's a problem. That's like, hey, let's give this society, this, this population we know of as the United States has an addiction problem. And it's overwhelming. Um, you know, I know heroin's an epidemic, but you know, I'm not sure where Xanax stands on on, on that scale. But I think I think Xanax is starting to, to get to the point where yeah, because a lot of young kids are using it. it just honestly, stay off it, of me, it upsets please. me and scares me. If you're young, if you're under the age of 25 or, or 23, you really. First of all, you shouldn't experiment with pills unless you're prescribed them. Our age group is like the biggest impacted by Xanax because a lot of people's parents have it so they it's can get access, access to it no. within the hey, house. I'll go in my, you know, not me, but, you know, Sally and Joe can say they went in their parents, their, their medicine Easily. cabinet in the bathroom and, hey, there's Xanax, there's uh, there, there's cough syrup, codeine, you know, there's all these drugs prescription that rappers and not even rappers, but we know like popular people are, are prone to having addiction problems with them. But what we don't see is that mainstream pop, mainstream society also has that problem, but we don't see it as much because it's right. not this popular person, so it's not getting that media. It's effect. not even just – it can be over-the-counter pills. I know people who have been addicted to Tylenol, really? ibuprofen. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you take Tylenol and ibuprofen – Athletes especially with like those pain-relieving drugs, they get addicted to them physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, our friend who was here yesterday had um, a stomach inflammation problem. 
and had to go to the hospital because um, her stomach was completely fucked up with by Tylenol, just regular over-the-counter Tylenol. Damn. You know, if you take more than I'd say five thousand milligram or like no, even like more than a thousand. Fifteen hundred is a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. If you take around a thousand to fifteen hundred milligrams, it can have serious effects on your body. Ibuprofen can mess with your liver very they easily. Even Nyquil is like a big one. Um, so it's. I think it's more about the fact that nobody teaches people how to cope without doing drugs or anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Nobody teaches people practices for relaxation and, you know, anxiety relief. Rather, we would rather give them these pills that cost money and that you can put a price it, tag it on. It is a business, but you went with relaxation. What, I want to hear from everyone, so I'll start with you. What do you do to kind of relax yourself? Because I found a new method lately that... I never did before, so I guess I, maybe I should start. I'm reading a lot. Um, I'm finding things that I like to read, whether it's a book or an article related to something that can help me in my everyday life, whether it's at work, outside of work, you know, whatever it is. And I, I'm really enjoying reading things. So my new thing is reading books and articles and studies that I see online that are accredited. What, what do you like to do for relaxation? So for relaxation... Um Something that's progressive. Let's let's stick away from our our experimentation. With I mean, drugs. I want to get into a lot yeah, of no, these okay. Albert Hoffman books. So actual, um, you know, I guess above the counter techniques for relaxation. We're not just gonna say, huh, go smoke weed. Yeah, um, there's other ways to to you know progress yourself. We don't, you know, personally, I I use marijuana to help with anxiety and 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 other issues. And I it have. really helps. Um, but okay, so. Back to your question, um, I view pretty much all of my alone time that I don't have to do anything. All my free time is time for me to relax and decompress and kind of get myself ready for anything that I'm going to have to do in the week. Um, I like to, I try to meditate. Uh, it's very hard for people with ADHD because it involves sitting completely still. I'm trying to start that too. Yeah, and, and letting your thoughts, you know, just pass by is also very hard. Um, also, if you can do any form of creative expression, like for some people it's writing, some people it's drawing, painting, you know, whatever it may be. If you can find some form of outlet where you... You know, you get out your emotions, you know, whether it's anger, sadness, even happiness. If you just let it come out onto even just a piece of paper, you will feel better because in your mind that conflict is sort of resolved. So someone recommended you know? that to me in like with reading. So yeah. like when you read something and you want to take away from it, you know, because we can all sit there and read articles, books and, and, and studies or whatever you read, you can read that, but... What's most important is what you're going to take away from it. And to really in, in, instill that into you as an individual, part of it, at least for me and a lot of people, this is a common factor, is writing it down and reading it over yourself. So you read a chapter yeah, of a book. And you see how it looks. You see this main <laughs> key takeaway. You see this is what I want to make myself do in the future and how I carry out myself or yeah. whatever it is. You write it down, and if you do that, you know, in every chapter, if you could do one to three things. Take away one lesson. Or, you know, every chapter, every article, take a couple yep. things away, but slowly input them in your life. You don't want to 
aggressively and you know suddenly implement a lot of changes because into then how they'll you, fall off into really how quickly. you carry out procedures or practices or whatever it is you're working on you want consistency consistency slowly, is the key you know yeah. it's, it's just like driving you want to slowly ease into the gas pedal right or slowly ease into the brake mm-hmm. so you want to make sure you're doing that with these patterns but yeah like you know that's I'm, i just i'm very excited with how Here's i'm a educating myself with outside of you know college too much life improvement is unhealthy it is because it's too sudden. You can't actually get feedback on it when you're changing multiple things. If you change one process over an extended period of time and get feedback on that, you have real data. It's accurate. It's accountable. It's data that can actually be used to look at those things. Yeah, right? try writing stuff down. Try writing down dreams if that's what you want to do. Try writing feelings. down how your day went. Yeah, if you so like if you have negative feelings or positive feelings, you know you'll agree with this psych- psychologically. Um, you know, if you have a patient, it would be better if they wrote down, so if they notice they have a problem, let's say they're diagnosed with depression, write down the depressive feelings you're having as well as others, so that when it's time to meet with your, your, your individual that you meet with, whether it's a psychiatrist, whoever it is, therapist, when you meet with them, lay those things out to them, and now you have them organized. It's all about organization. So it's one of the important. techniques, in, um, it's called cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. And I went through it when I had a brain injury. I had a concussion. And basically what they do is they break down whatever effects you're feeling and they try to relate it to the way that you think and the way that you process information. So what, what my therapist told me was that there's certain um, what they call cognitive distortions. Mm-hmm. And every time you have a thought that's one of these cognitive distortions... What he told me was to write it down and then write down how the thought that I was having was actually wrong and it wasn't correct. Even though it feels like that in your brain, if you can acknowledge that it's just a trick basically played by your mind, then you can start to solve the negative emotions that you have and relate them to something else. So, and, and I want to hear from them, but first, you know, I know you're obviously in school still, but think of yourself in the future. If you're a someone in the psychological field, I mean, wouldn't it be very helpful? Because you know, you, you take us, you have an allotted amount of time to meet with your patients. About fifty minutes, right? So and that, that's about how long I have. It was about fifty minutes to an hour, um, and I'm a talkative individual. So you know, a lot of times, what I want to get out is going to take more than that fifty minutes. So. I never realized this before, but now, you know, with this whole writing things down, you know, notes, whatever it is, you know, because your phone's always with you. So take oh notes on your notes app, right? Yeah, even if you have a little text notebook. yourself, text someone, you know, if you have a spouse, just text them. It's a random text. They're not going to understand it, but just say, hey, I need that for later. You know, however you can get it conveyed so that it's done. Get it done. Don't procrastinate and say, I'm going to write this down later. Yeah, because but you're going to forget later. In your, in your, you know, future endeavors, wouldn't it be helpful when you have that 50 minutes of time if they can bring with you and in their first quarter of that 50 minutes, if they can express to you, let's say you, you, you start them on a new drug. So again, back to that depression example. Yeah, if Zoloft, they're on Prozac, yeah. Zoloft's like popular too with depression, right? Mm-hmm. So and they're anxiety. on Zoloft and anxiety <laughs> as well. Let's say they're depression and anxiety. So you, you say Zoloft's a good bet. Let's try it. It's good to see if that Zoloft's a good drug because, you know, often we're prescribing drugs based on the sole factors of, of what's wrong. But the well, individuals are thinking about the side effects of Zoloft. Okay? Everybody has a different 
brain um, it's anatomy. It's individualized. Not everyone's going to have the same side effects. You can group them together and say this age group, this, that, and that had similar side effects, but they're actually, they're all different. Even in how strong those side effects are. So if I come to you and say, this is how I feel on this, this drug you prescribed me. Here's the positives. Because you want to hear both. You don't just want to hear negatives. You know, depression medication. Here's what I'm feeling. Now, personally, when I was on my, my ADHD medication, I would say, you know, some of the positives with methamphetamine, I felt Concerta. like I can, Concerta, I can complete tasks on time, if not ahead of time always. I always wanted to be ahead of the schedule. I always felt motivated to do things. I always felt like I had a purpose. It gives you focus right? and clarity. Right, et cetera, so on and so forth. Now, some cons. Oh. There's now one of the examples I was using depression, but I want to keep it personalized to me because I never took Zoloft for depression or anxiety, but I did take Concerta. Right. Some of the cons I would list if I still was on it and I could, and I wish I did this, was I felt overwhelming anger issues. Not that I lashed out in these anger issues, but on the Concerta, hmm. I felt that here's an example. If we're in, you know, this was when I was in high school, we were in a math class. Sally answers the question wrong. And I think to myself, Sally's a dumb bitch. You're wasting my time. I, yeah. Sally's wasting my time because she doesn't know this. What the fuck is her problem? I should cut Sally up with a chainsaw. Right. That's scary that chainsaw. someone can develop that thought. And I wouldn't develop those thoughts before I started this medication, right? So I wish I could explain to these people that prescribe me these medications because at first it was a psychiatrist, right? That's who can prescribe medicate psychiatrist. I had mine done by a general physician. Uh, is, physician. A, is it psychiatrist or psychologist? That psychiatrist. So yeah. psychiatrist. But then I moved on to just my PCP. I stopped seeing my psychiatrist because to be honest with you, I went and seen him on a repetitive schedule. He would ask me simple questions to fill in his documentation when I was in and out. It's it was dumb. for insurance purposes. They, they got money for the care. visit. He didn't actually care. He wanted to hear from my parents a lot. Now, when you're on an ADHD medication or, you know, you said you were on Zola for, like, depression, anxiety, right? You're on these medications. They want to hear from your parents a lot of times when you're a minor. Yeah, for me, it was yeah. how is he progressing in school and with his hyperactivity? Parents said, oh, my God, he's not all over the place. He's actually not hyper anymore. His grades, his grades are up. The teachers... They make you do a report before you start this medication. Mine was all over the wall. He's a fucking nutcase. He's so smart, but he's so bad and hyper that he's... It cancels it out. You he's know, so you smart. dumb. He does all of his work. He sits with the gifted kids, but like he gets in trouble in school. So when you start that, and they're like, yeah, the first report's terrible. But then they see this major change. So they think the drug... It looks good on paper. They but think they, the drug's working great. So I felt that anger issue and another really big thing that I didn't notice, but now talking with people in psychology and learning about it in depth, and I started that in high school with a psychology class, but like meeting you and other people who've been on this medication and you're a psych major, mm -hmm. depression. Mm. Concerta methamphilidate threw me into a de really depressive matter. Straight up zombied out. Zombied out. There was times where I'd get into arguments with loved ones in my family Definitely. over whatever mm. it was, and I'd start to bring up and I'd say and think about actually carrying out ending my life. Mm. I think about ways to do it. I tell them ways that I would do it. I would say, I don't want to be here. You know, you guys don't need me. I'm only hurting you. But what I realized is that that was that medication. I never felt those thoughts. It's before. taking over your life. It yeah. took over my life, but I wanted to take that pill every day because I loved how it benefited me. 
as far as how I appeared. My grades were high. You know, I was always an honor roll student, honor roll, <laughs> but I continued to be honor roll, but I didn't have disciplinary action. I wasn't in, in school three days out of the week. I was a kid that was in gifted program. I wasn't in the program, but I did everything those kids they did. They liked you, yeah. They, the, the I didn't technically meet those requirements like because you. I didn't fill that, that test of here's the standards. But I can tell you I'm truly gifted. I was with those students. But anyways, I was in school three to four days out of the week. Yeah, me too. Because detention. Detention. Saturday detention, in school, out of school. But when they called my parents, he knew, just like my older brother, I learned, he wanted to be out of school suspension. So my dad always said, no, put him in in-school suspension. Give him a packet of work from every class, right? I was so smart. And I was in there, and I, I'll never forget the one time in high school I was in in-school, and one of the teachers in in-school was the gifted coordinator, who I was really good friends with. I still am good friends with this individual. And she said, you should he, be in this class. He, he said, said, you shouldn't be in here. And this is when I was on medication, but I would stop taking it at random times because I hated how I felt. I wanted to change that. I'm pretty I was sure, so lost in that. I'm pretty sure me, I can speak for all of us kind of having an experience like that. Yeah. He said, you, you, he said, you, you gotta, he even said to me, you can't take this medication oh, because of the pros. All right. Even Sorry, because, I got a dip early on. Wait. It's all right. He's dipping, but we'll get back to it. It's his Our birthday. special guest is leaving. He's got important birthday business. Sorry. So, but anyways, we're going to watch him leave. Goodbye. Um, what? The, the, the gifted coordinator, he said to me, you're an amazing person, but like, you can't have this disciplinary outbreaks. You know, think about it in real life experiences. You're great at your job, at your job, but if you do unethical things constantly and you're always breaking the rules. Nobody's going to like it. No one's going to like it. You can't You have to yourself. be able to play well uh, with others. That's like I, a big thing. And That's what they want to teach you in school. The most important teacher that gave me feedback with this was my, my band teacher. So he, he filled in at the high school and the middle school. So when you were in middle school, it's grades 5 through 8, high school's 9 through 12. And I remember when I had him in band in 5th, 6th, and 7th. 5th and 6th grade was before I got prescriptions around that time. Maybe I in, see. Yeah. No, actually, I started in fifth grade at the end of fifth grade. But in fifth grade, when I before I had it, he always would call home. I'd get kicked out. But I was so good at, I was a percussionist. I was so good at music. Like, and I was passionate about it. But he couldn't handle my behavior while breaks. I was the class clown. I was always, you know, we'd be quiet. He'd be giving feedback on the music performance. I'd sit there. He'd say something that was a dirty joke. Maybe we could take it as his middle schoolers. I'd hit, I'd go, but um, you know, right. stupid things, but I get that reaction I wanted. I'd laugh, but I'd get kicked out. Yeah. But when I started that medication, he noticed that change. He loved it. But then once I got into high school, he noticed the negative effects that went with the positives. He said, you're really great when you focus so on this stuff. So it actually got worse. But I noticed that you hyper-focus. I would skip lunch. I So for there'd be time periods throughout school years where I'd go to lunch with my friends. I'd cut up. I'd laugh. And I'd be friendly with them. But then I'd feel like they were just, they were being friends with me to not be friends with me. They'd talk about me. So like I'd fake. distance myself. Yeah. I felt like, and I was, that was anxiety. That's a depression. So I'd distance myself. And then instead of going to lunch and talking to them and cutting up, I'd go to my band teacher and I'd sit there and I would do schoolwork or, or work for my business or I would work on band stuff. 
or I would just sit there and talk with him. You know, we he'd play the guitar and I'd smack on the drum pad or something. Yeah. But he talked to me about how it's cool that you distance yourself, but when it's in patterns like this, it's noticeable. It becomes unhealthy, yeah. It's unhealthy. Just like everything. You know, yeah, it's good that you're you're controlling your outburst of hyperactivity and you can focus. But I can he could tell I was becoming a zombie of the of the concerta. It's you're another byproduct. Yeah. And concerta is meant to help you with ADHD, but they don't talk about the suicidal thoughts. I never had actual actions with hurting myself, but I'll tell you, I came damn close. Yeah, for me it was um, I would kind of Did shut down. Did you have down. Like, any hurting yourself or thoughts of that while you were on it? Um, so actually, if we really want to get into it, for me, if you that don't want started, to personally, that's fine, but. I'm just curious. I'm fine with talking because I want it. this drug to be fixed. I don't. I don't think it's okay that people feel this way because they don't. We don't actually get help when we feel this way. Yeah, that's well, the problem I had, and that's why I, I refuse to take it. Looking back on it now, during um, so the last year that I was on the medication was my freshman year of high school, and so you stopped when I kind of. Well, I started in fifth grade, but I was like, <coughs> so you stopped when I. You started when I stopped. Uh, no, so I actually started in the fourth grade, um, okay. and it was kind of similar. It was like, you know, everybody loved the way that it made me act. <coughs> as far as, like, behavioral, right? <coughs> yeah, they liked the way that I wouldn't Were you Were you always angry. a smart kid, though? Like, before you, were, before you got, took the medication, were you like me? You were always... You were always smart. You were always ahead of your classmates. You know, the teacher was going over the question. You were already done with the worksheet. That was me. Yeah, I could never find enough stimulation in the actual schoolwork. So I would try and, oh, that's and perfect. you that's, know, either that's do it. as much work as I could or I would spend classes reading books. You know, in, in my second grade year, I probably went through every book in the class. Dude, they wanted me to read so bad, and I think they tried to do that to help with my problem, but I could never get around it until now. But that's... I know friends that are similar to you that yeah, reading that, was, that was my outlet. for a while. Yeah, exactly. Because when I had this um, like very active imagination, um, it, it was perfect because... Did you, you guys know, have like a reading program? What was it called? Um, we, we had like a, a classification system where like based on your reading level, yeah, you're a the, certain... Um, what was that called? We had um, dots, like stickers. Yeah, that they, what, would they, they were text or lextile or textile. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The colors meant something, though. Yeah, yeah. They had for a like meaning. reading level, and then there, there wasn't was like, a name for it. It was just. I didn't have that. Okay, so I know what you're talking about, though. Okay, yeah, but um, e even you know, in elementary school, I was ahead of my grade in terms of reading level, but assignments, homework, that was the stuff that I struggled in. Same thing. Because what yeah, about I'll, getting your agenda signed? Did you guys do that? Um, we had to do like a reading log. So how often did your parents sign it every time? Because I found a way to start forging my parents' signature. No, almost never. I, I never went. I to either my didn't get it done, I or I forged it after so many so long in the school. I forged it, but yeah, I struggled with homework and like those type of things. So the problem well is, so ADHD is one of um, a few mental disorders. So autism is directly linked to having high levels of intelligence depression is directly linked to having high levels of intelligence um i believe adhd i'm not entirely sure but those 
those three, um, they kind of define people who have really high levels of intelligence. You know, if you ever met somebody in school who was very bright, but they couldn't control themselves in social situations, it, it might be something like that, you know? So... Did you did have like depression and, and self harm like issues with your medication? When did you notice those start to take effect? In high school, you said freshman year. Is that it? No, it, it was as far back as elementary school. You noticed you 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 had depression and self harm thoughts. That yeah, way? I I thought about. Can we Google like I just want to see is this common or is this like if us two are talking about it and him I know we've talked about all three of us having this issue, so if all three of us here. We've all taken concerted or methamphetamine. What were you Wait. on? Um, were you on any actual prescription ADHD? Yeah. What was it? Uh, I've done Stratera. So I've that was natural. Uh, it was supposed to be natural medication. Have you done any like? No, Stratera is a chemical. Is it's, it? Uh, it's more like a. It's an SNRI. Wait. Neoepinephrine reuptake. De yeah. Inhibitor. Depression in young children. Uh, can you type in I on Zola, ADHD meds? Lithium, which is a mood stabilizer. I just. Let's, let's say Concerta. On Concerta, yeah, because like honestly, but I want to see. From the doctor, I tried all those. You know, we're small voices here, but I want to see a change in this. This this is like something that. Wait, uh, hold on. I, I got a question for Randy. Yeah. Did, did the medicines ever help you? Like, was it always bad, or were there good periods and bad effects? Um, I had good periods and bad effects. Yeah, it honestly it was it completely different for every chemical. But, like, I tried them one at a time for, like, months at a time, half a year, a year, until I, like, that like I was on Zoloft for I probably like the longest, and it took quite a while before I got, like, super manic every day, and, like, pretty much everything you guys have been talking so about. So, my Zoloft doctor wants me to try Zoloft, and I'm scared because of the manic outbreaks, you know? No, it is by far the worst thing I've ever taken. And because I have ADHD, I'm more prone to bipolar as well as depression. They, put, they tried to put me on lithium for bipolar Now, disorder. my my mother it's has severe lithium. bipolar issues, um, and she can't take medication because the medication for bipolar actually like hurts her more. Okay, I don't know if this is what you were asking, but 10.6% of youth experience problems with depression. Um, and they, they have to go about their lives, do school, you know, do work, all this different stuff with symptoms of major depression and not necessarily knowing that that's what's going on, you know? So 10.6% For me, that's overall, just how my life was. Yeah, so... That's I, not that youth concerted. That's just 10% of our youth. Over 2.5 million people, so... Can we see the percentage of on concerted... Let's see if it populates. I want to see what percentage of concerted youth, teens, experience that. Because... That article you just pulled up that we were looking at before said it's rare, but I'm, I know it's not rare. That's them writing it to look that way. It's not rare if all three of us can say that. I think it's one of the most common side effects. We come from because, so many different right. areas. I mean, look at where we come from geographically on a marketing standpoint. Did you guys ever have any of this? What, is, what does it say? Decreased appetite. Yes. That was one I had. Dry mouth, yes. Insomnia, yes. Dizziness, Insomnia, yes. Insomnia, definitely. I did have abdominal pain. They thought... Um, they thought my, um, my pelvic, they thought, what, what is it? The area in your stomach that can blow up? Not your pelvic, your, 
Appendix? Appendix. I thought my appendix was. I thought my appendix was going to rupture multiple times, and it was From just. Concerta. Here we go. That I had took to be it. A concerta once. So psychiatric like, symptoms include yeah. aggression and hostility. I had those so bad. It as made well me as sad. depression. Yeah. It made me so sad. Like I, my friends. I remember this one girl I was such good friends with, and she was so smart, and I remember she when she answered something wrong in calc once. I thought about like like cutting her up like that oh, so that's a real example like right, uh, psychiatric like isn't that scary okay, coming from know, someone that studies psychology like interesting but scary it's not outside the realm of normal yes yeah, so, so uh, i can make it pretty simple really quick regardless of the chemical concerta adderall vivance methamphetamine cocaine regardless of the chemical all stimulants when abused for long periods of time lead to mania or psychosis and those are all just flat out symptoms of psychosis so they lead to mania and psychosis yes okay so uh ssris can also do that like antidepressants and anti-ansolytics uh-huh. but stimulants like do it way harder way faster and it happens, it'll happen pretty much in almost anybody. Like, okay. if they take enough stimulants on a daily basis, like, it will happen to you. Like, there's no doubt about it. So, could it be due to being over-prescribed then? Like, a, a too high of a dose? Yeah, they're giving it to children. Exposure over time, it kind of, like, it changes the way that your mind is working. It changes the chemistry of your brain. Yeah. So, like, overall, we, we see Wait. many... So when, when you say psychosis, do you mean that if you were to take something like one of these medications for too long, you would have the same symptoms as actually being psychotic? Like repeatedly? On yeah, a, on a, pretty a, much. On but, it's, it's, level? but it's not like permanent. Like it's at it, it might be able to. I don't it know about be. it being permanent. But it's just like, especially with drugs that affect dopamine receptors, which mm-hmm. stim- most stimulants do, like it'll just fry your dopamine receptors mm-hmm. and like your body just like won't know how to process it properly anymore okay. and that's what leads to like all the suicidal thoughts and like wanting to hurt people like, right because you're you're at a loss you're, yeah like your brain chemistry is imbalanced your brain doesn't have the it's right gave it's of, all and it's fried i mean yeah, it, it can't put out anymore right it's it's beat dopamine it's literally been defeated yeah dopamine effect. is like the biggest um it's the biggest thing in our brain that we fuck with constantly mm-hmm because nowadays pretty much everything is manufactured to give you dopamine Mm -hmm. so if it's high fructose corn syrup or even your phone or anything like that yeah Yeah. everything that we say is evil on this podcast is basically you know you're messing with the way your brain is working and by giving yourself really short-term rewards you make it harder for yourself to envision longer term rewards or long term We always want to satisfy ourselves benefit. immediately and we don't realize how much that harms our long-term goals. Well, another thing about ADHD is that it's been proven that ADHD is um, some of the symptoms that you experience are caused by having a shortage of dopamine. Mm-hmm. So your brain won't accept enough dopamine the same way that if you have depression your brain won't accept the right amount of serotonin or, you know, oxytocin, all these other things Mm -hmm. that you need. So the reason why people with ADHD are constantly moving around and trying to do things is because they need that stimulation. You know, they need to feel, if you do one task, you won't get the same amount of dopamine as someone with a normally functioning brain. So you need to, you know, start eight different things 
and then bounce back and forth in between them. And that's what's, you know, that's why you lose focus, I think. So, you know, overall then, we see there's obviously positive effects with these medications to treat ADHD. Yeah, otherwise they wouldn't exist. Depression. But, and, and as well, there's obviously these positive effects, but we know that with any positive effect, there's at least two negative effects to go with that, right? Typically. Yeah. Yeah. And we're seeing here, you know, through just us three guys talking that come from three completely different geographical areas, similar interactions and similar feelings. Yeah, we've had almost the same experiences. But yet the internet wants to tell us that it's a rare side effect. Right. So my question is, is it really that rare or is it not? You know, but that's that's obviously a more deeper topic. And that goes in the big farm. I think it's an issue. I think if I was to speak on it, it's an issue of it's very prevalent, but it's hard for people to talk about because like you were saying earlier, doctors don't maybe trust children and young adults, teenagers as much with the information that they're trying to get out of them. So they won't. When they ask the kids' parents. Exactly. How are they acting now on this medication, right? They don't. They'll ask you how you feel, but what they're really recording and going off of is what the adults say. But Because they think they're more credible. They're more credible, but why are we, you know, and again, this is just me lashing out, but why are we giving kids at such young ages these such strong, addictive drugs? Yeah, I, I'm without sure. listening to them, actually. To Let's actually listen to them, and we know it comes down to big farm and mm-hmm. money. But well, the people who know about this stuff are our generation. So, stuff, you know, so we it's it's time for change. It's too late for change. As a matter awareness, of fact. we need awareness of not just mental health, but everything that goes into your mental health. And there's been a big movement of people trying to educate people about mental health and about you know different disorders you might have, but. Really, you need to learn the way that your brain works and what's best for you. Yeah, because everyone's different. Yeah, what, what's and best for someone else? the way drug affects you is different. You know, the common side effects for this drug is this, but in reality, when you take it, you could feel a whole lift, different list of side effects that they may not even have had listed before. Yeah. Because everyone's body makeup may look the same, but in reality, it's completely different, especially on a mental spectrum. You know, we know mentally that... No one person is like us in exactly the same. Maybe similar no, yeah. traits, concepts, or ideas, but in t- totality, you know, totally, it's not. It's never the same. Yeah, everybody's completely unique, and I think we have to understand the way that other people will think or feel is always going to be different to us. Mm-hmm. So, rather than trying to get them to feel the way that you do try and get yourself to think about it from their perspective and that's just a useful tip in general in life Mm -hmm. but specifically with this issue if people were to pay more attention to the kids who are saying that they have problems and the people who are outside of the range of normal that's when we'll start to fix big problems like this and i think the word normal is funny because you know their description of normal and what's you know, societally and currently normal are two different things. The normal they're looking at is a normal that we looked at many years ago. Are we looking at the normal of now? You know, we're in 2022. 
Normal you know, is different s- now. We yeah. can sit here and talk Everybody about what's normal to us. For example, gender identification. That was never something that was common prior to the, to the I think it just wasn't century. accepted. You didn't have... If yeah. you were a person who identified that way, you didn't have a way to, to make people it. understand. Make yeah, understand, right? But now we're starting to be understanding of that. We realize that if someone wants to identify differently, that we should understand where they're coming from to understand that not only that it's okay, and we can't just not be okay with it because it is what it is. If you want to identify differently, that's you know somewhat you're giving. It's up to you. It's I up mean. to you. I'm not going to say it's your God-given right in the Constitution, but it's up to you. And as other members of society, as other animals per se, you could choose to not accept the person and single them out and make them feel bad, or you could just not, you know, yeah, and when you single them out, they, you, you as a person that singles them out, you feel something yourself. Right. So yeah. you may feel better in the moment by singling, singling them out, but in a long term, I guarantee you, you're not going to feel Yeah, it, it's not, it's not right. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we're all humans. And so no matter how different someone may seem to you, there's still going to be things that you can relate to and ways that you can accept that they're also, you know, going through their own version of life. And I, I think that with these, these drugs that alter the way our minds work, I think they're great. But I think that we need to look at, and to summarize, I think we need to look at how they're affecting people on a negative as well. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about, and in the commercials, when you see a commercial for a drug, they list all those side effects, but... And they talk so fast, you can't even understand Yeah, it. so, but let's actually address them and bring them to light, so that we don't have people trying these drugs at the diagnosis and prescription of, of what we consider doctors, for them to, for them to end up not getting better, or yeah, getting worse, worse, and hurting themselves, or even at the utmost extreme, killing themselves, because that happens... Yeah, SSRIs, drugs. SSRIs have a very high suicide rate um, in patients. You know, it, pretty much anybody who, who has them is, like, that's one of the side effects is suicidal feelings and depression. Like with Concerta, you know, it, it makes you feel like shit. So what we're going to try to do is to teach people how to fix themselves without going to that point. You know, and if you're on them, talk to your psychiatrist, to your doctor. Don't be scared to realize that those individuals, they work for you. They may be sitting on the other side of that desk behind a computer so you feel that they have authority, but in reality, they don't. Yeah, you are the authority. You tell them, this is how I feel. I don't like that I feel this way when I take this drug. And it's their responsibility and their job to fix that, address that, identify that, and make it right. Yeah. And as, as those doctors and those people responsible for that, if you're not helping your patients be better to find alternate drugs that are better suiting them, because it's a personal level. Like we said, no one person is the same. So if you're not going to do that, then turn your license in, close up shop, and stop doing what you're, what you're doing because all you're doing is continuing to harm the world and put us in a worse, uh, uh, a more destructive path. Yeah, doctors... If you're a doctor, you should want to inhibit change. You should want to spark that change. Be behind it. Be the yeah. reason change came that yeah. they talk about it for hundreds of years to come. Not following that same doctor's path. Challenge those typical policies. And it says in the book that if they have XYZ symptom, then they get a drug. No challenge that spectrum 
Find a, a, a B drug, a C drug, a D drug that can not have the same side effects as A, B, or C. Yeah, I think, I think it's just uh, the willingness to go outside of what's already accepted and what, you know, what people would do normally. You have to be able to find your own solution and something that works best despite what everybody else says. So if you're willing to experiment and kind of, you know, go out of your way to help people, then that's, that's how we Because that's those doctors, that's the what problem. they're doing. They're in, engaging in experiments. You know, if you're prescribing your patient this drug, you're going to see what, and you, you should want to know what happens when they take that drug. Everything about it, even the stuff they don't want to talk about, you're supposed to try and pry it out so that you can understand because Absolutely. In, you need in, to know everything. In your pharmacology classes and where you're learning about these drugs, you're going to learn about the textbooks and the information that we know about them, but we should focus on what we don't already know so that we can add that. If we can add that methamphilidate, known as Concerta, rather than rarely but more commonly causes depression and psychological issues in adolescents and teens, then we can move away from that drug Although whoever's manufacturing that drug is going to take a profit loss, we should all be about money. And that's the problem with capitalism. Money over morality. Customer loss. Yeah, we should be more focused on making these people's lives better by finding drugs to do that. You know, the Absolutely. whole point of drugs is that. It's not, that, not to have bad side effects and fix one problem, but cause six more side effects. That just doesn't make sense. That's putting, that's putting a piece of paper over a hole in a boat. Right. It only lasts 30 seconds before the fibers uh, dissolve and it's it's coming back in. Yeah, and the bigger the crutches that you build up to yourself, that you're holding yourself on, the harder it's going to be when that's taken away. Exactly. So if you can try and not make yourself dependent on things, if you can figure out how to... I guess I'm not saying fix yourself because it's not that easy. Um, but or if it's you not can, that you're actually wrong. It's not fix yourself because it's wrong, but fix yourself to better yourself. Yes, exactly. Don't think that you're fixing yourself because the way you think or act is it's not normal or it's wrong. Because that, to me, that's not a thing. That's a spectrum. Just like autism's on a spectrum, normalism is a spectrum, and yeah. we all have a different spectrum and a level of measurements for what we identify that as. Right. Because nobody's going to be perfectly in the middle of normal and they're just completely not, you know, That would just be perfect. Different. It would all work out great if that was the case, but it doesn't. No, know? yeah. That's, that's the greatest part about humans. Life is, is strange. Like yeah, life is not perfect. Um, but to go back to what I was saying really quick, um, if you can rely on more than just the medicine you're taking to fix the problem that you have you know start researching things that you can do to maybe relax yourself or, or whatever your problem is things that you can do to fix that other ways that you can change your life in order to make it easier for you that will help you more than just the medication which might end up harming you can i say something about that? Absolutely. I feel like the biggest problem with those kinds of medications, like what you were just talking about, they give them out as crutches to people. But uh, I feel like it's becoming more and more commonplace to prescribe medications to people with those kind of mental problems. 
without giving them psychiatry or therapy, like whenever I was going through it, uh, I was only talking to a therapist for the first like two months of it. And then they had me just on meds and even switched up my meds like two, three times without like anybody asking me how I felt. You know, just, yeah. yeah. That's another thing with drugs, you know, decreasing the intake, you know, certain drugs you can't just stop. And one of those is methamphetamine. And I did that. I Whether it was a day well. I forgot, or it was a day, or a week, or a months, or months, where I said, "I don't need this drug. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it out of my life. I don't agree with this." Well, there's negative effects to that too, and you need to make patients aware of that, so that if they are gonna take that route, they don't hurt themselves more. Yeah, and the, if you're experiencing a problem, and you don't know what the cause of it is, a lot of the time you're gonna attribute it to yourself, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be like, "What's wrong with me?" You know, how come I don't feel good even after I stop taking my medication? When in reality, it's still in your system and it's still doing, you know, some form of work, um, having some effect on you, and you might not know it. So, if you can, try and be as aware as you can of your emotions, your bodily health, mental health, all those things. Mental health especially is when you're using drugs prescription or non, your mental health is something you need to keep a big eye on because it's something we're still learning about. You know, we know a lot about physical health, but you know, as someone in psychology, you know, we're still learning about that. So make those things prevalent, make them known so that we can help further this medical um, experimentation or whatever you want to call it. So we can further this information. The revolution. Yes. Let's revolutionize medications. That's what we're here for. And I'm so happy that youth people like us are willing to speak up about it because, you know, our parents are so quick to say, throw him on that drug, write that script, you know. He's hyper as shit, bouncing off the walls, give him Adderall, he'll be fixed, I already know it. Usually when you go into your doctor, if you tell them, hey, I have anxiety, I need Xanax, they're definitely not going to write you a script for Xanax. But if your parents say it, yeah, yeah, they're probably going to write you a script for it. They'll trust your parents even if they don't know what they're doing. So make it known. Make it known, mental issues especially. But also any other, you know, like you said, whatever they are. Yeah. It, focus on them. Find other ways to target them on top of your medication. If you're getting medicated for depression, find natural ways to target your depression on top of your medication. So that or, if, yeah, or when just you want things to, stop, to make it easier for you to adjust to your regular life exactly. while you have this uh, mental illness going on. It would be nice if, like, when you showed up to get your medication, they also taught you about coping mechanisms right. and stuff like that. Yeah, that's this, what therapy like, is They don't for. bother digging in and finding out why. They just put a Band-Aid on it and act like it's going to yeah. stick you know, for For example, this medication can cause depression. So if you do feel depressive thoughts, here are some examples of what depression may feel like because depression is a ton it's, of it's symptoms, questionable. very long list. A lot of people are depressed and they don't even realize it or they'll say they're not, you know, they'll strongly oppose against it, but what they don't realize is they actually are. People don't know that back pain is a symptom of depression. I didn't even if know you that. experience prolonged back pain, it might mean that you have something going on in your mental, you know, bubble that's really affecting you or it could Perfect be decreased example. libido, you know, Perfect an entire example. list. Yeah. yeah Things so, that don't technically raise a red flag, you know, right. sleeping depression. problems, eating problems, you know, depression, you might say harmful thoughts or actions or you don't get out of bed or you, you have no will to progress. Okay. Because you might not even notice a change in your mood. If you have a certain personality mm-hmm. where you're say pessimistic or cynical, 
people might not notice if you become depressed because it seems somewhat uh, not not out of the ordinary. So you have to be aware of everything that goes into it. Folks, today in Uncle Tony's closet, we covered a lot. We got into some personal issues, personal experiences with uh, you know prescribed drugs for known um, diseases. I guess ADHD is a disease, right? Yeah, and I thought we were going to be lighthearted on this episode with the the 420 episode, but <laughs> it kind of got serious real quick. Yeah, and this is a big topic. So, so we want to hear feedback. This. You know, let us know if you guys have used uh, SSRIs or anti-anxiolytics, you know, experiences, ADHD, any of your stories. You know, we if will you read. Specifically, and... have used Concerta, Methamphetamine, anything you've used that has altered the way you carry out your life in a negative way or positive. Give us some feedback. We'd love to talk about it. Um, you know, we'd love to learn about it because you never know the next time a doctor is going to say, hey, I want to try you on this drug. Absolutely, yeah. And you, when they say that, it's a sales tactic. They're, they're technically trying to talk you into it, you know? Yeah, there's some that they, it, it's almost like commission for mm -hmm. prescribing people drugs. So you get a certain, um, you know, addition to your paycheck or like, you know, some kind of, reward for giving people Xanax or Just whatever realize it is. if you're not buying the product what are you fellas you are the product so when you go to the doctor you may pay a copay you may pay something small in your prescription but you're not paying for it in full so consider that similar to using a social media platform that's completely free this isn't completely free maybe for some but if you're not paying for a product in full know you are the product and what we talked about today Voice your opinions. Let it known. Revolutionize the medical field. All right. Take it easy, y'all. Wait.